This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. You know, we as, as people, as the human race, we are very curious in a way. Some of us, like Yopi, are much more curious. They cannot miss anything. Some of us just like, you can't sleep. You can't go to bed. You're just one of those people. There's always a threatening it at home when you grow up because you don't want to miss anything. Yeah. And do you know, it's, it's, it's actually something beautiful in the way God has created us is to discover, to know, to, to search, to find. And, um, that's why, you know, even Jesus, when he shared a lot of truths, he would always share in the principle of parable. He will share principles in parables. He won't just give the answer. He won't just say, hey, here's the 10 steps or the 10 rules to something. He would, he would sort of put it out there and then he'll start walking. And sometimes he would say stuff that was confusing. Unless you eat of my flesh, unless you drink of my blood, you have no part in me. And then many people even left. They got offended. And even at a stage, the disciples started to ask him, said, now, Jesus, why? Just speak straight to us. Don't just like, we don't like beating around the bush a little bit. But God understood something. And Jesus wanted to, to do something in people's hearts. And that was to sort of invoke a hunger, to, de- to create a desire so that when you search, when you knock, when you ask. And we're doing in the morning a series on asking, seeking, knocking, uh, hungry, searching for God. And uh, that desire inside of you, that's something to know God. And so tonight I'm sort of continuing in, in, this, in the same sort of area or sort of focus because there's, there's certain ways how the devil sets us up and, and, and things that happen in, a, in our world that make us grow numb, that make us sort of like fall back into comfort because we go for the safe option. But there's something about discovering. There's something about that hike that you take and you go over the mountains and you're like sweating and you're going for it. But somebody told you, you must check the view. And then when you get there, it's like, just wow. It's so much better than just watching it on a photo. You're on a photo, you say, oh, yeah, great. You know, great 3D photos, all that stuff. But when you're there and you're overwhelmed by that moment, because there was some effort, there was some something that that made you say, "I'm I'm going to persist. I'm going to I'm going to go for it." Now God has made us as human beings like that, and you and I have constant choices in our lives whether we want to go there and keep on searching, being teachable. Some people would say, being in a position where you say, "I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow. I'm going to I'm going to get out of my comfort." Sometimes I'm going to take risks. I'm going to take faith. Because I want, I want to know God. So in John chapter 1, probably an amazing scripture after 400 years of silence between the Old and the New Testament. The prophets weren't speaking. There wasn't a lot of revelation. This sort of scripture runs in and it sort of starts in John 1 verse 1 to 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I saw four people checking under their chairs. You are disqualified. Okay. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. 
It's an amazing scripture how he sort of opens up the gospel. Now Hebrews 1 talks about the same principle when it starts to reason about the Old Testament stuff. and then, But it says like in Hebrews 1 verse 1, it, it comes in and, and the first couple of verses it starts to say, but God's final revelation was Jesus Christ. And it talks about these beautiful pictures of God's unsearchable riches. Scripture talks about the mysteries of God hidden through the ages, the hope of glory, Christ inside of us. There's, there's so many beautiful pictures because, you know, in an instant, constant drive through society, we've lost the ability to search. We've lost the ability to discover. And it's a setup in this world. The world says to you, just have it all. When it comes to sexual stuff, when it comes to, it says, just come and get it. It's so easy. It's so quick. It's so instant. It's a quick fix. Well, God says he hides himself. And he says in, yeah, in John, he says that God spoke. The word came. Beginning, in the beginning was the word. And then he says, without him, nothing was made. But in him was life. And the life was the light of men. It's, it's amazing. He says there's life and there's light. <laughs> A lot of people want to have gray areas. They want a bit of darkness around Christ. But the moment when you want that life, when you step up to want that life, to want to, when you want to reach out to God, then light comes. Some people say it's truth. But light shines. There's nothing that can hide when the light of Christ shines. And some people had a big revelation of God or an encounter with God. Then um, like Saul that became poor, it was like, they would talk about this light that they were even blinded for many days or sometimes weeks. Some people lost their ability to speak. Because when you, when you get to that place, when God's light shines in an area, it's, it's not always comfortable. And, and that's what we're sometimes afraid of. And that's what sin does. Sin makes us operate in the darkness. While light exposes everything. The world is very afraid of the light and the life of Christ. But you cannot have the life of Christ if you don't know the light of Christ. <laughs> if you and I don't embrace the truth, and, and that's why starting off with this whole idea of drawing near to God, it's not a like a familiar, like, oh, yeah, yeah, God is my buddy because I'm just feeling good around Him. And, oh, no, we're so cool because we have this vibe and all that stuff. When you know you start to search, when you start to draw near to God, what begins to happen is, suddenly a lot of light begins to shine. But isn't it amazing when you have light and there's like, whoa, you know? It's like these mosquitoes that in the middle of the night, there's this whole room, but you are giving off some heat. Now they see just a red little thing down there. They see like, and then they go like, like that mozzie that goes for the light, you know? It goes, yeah, I don't know if you ever had these. We had, we had on the farm, we had these blue big lights that would attract these mozzies. And they were all like, let's go to the light. Let's go to the light. Yeah, Let's go. The whole neighborhood comes. Flies up. Oh, the blue light is so beautiful. No, no, no. And mosquitoes sing songs over those lights. Blue, 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 blue for you. Yeah? I don't know what they sing. And then they come too close to that light. And it's <laughs> you know, you just—I don't know if you've ever had. The, it smells like oh, crazy, you know, all those maids, and, and then all the people just say like, "Hallelujah!" You know, another five hundred of them dead, you know. But when you come too close to the light, it 
it may become a consuming fire. And that's a part of God that people don't want to hear about. <laughs> but there's a generation that's drawing close to God, but they have a healthy fear of God, a healthy understanding of who God is. It's not, hey, buddy, we're going to do it together. <laughs> you know, it's like it's, there was somebody here in, in church. I brought a packet of cookies, and he gave all of my cookies away, you know. Something like, sure, Lo, if you ever do that again, I'm going to smack you. But in any case, so... <laughs> I'm only joking. So, Matthew 4, verse 3 to 4. So, what, what this light demands of us is an obedience. It's a, and and the, the challenge is, obviously, in the days that we're living, is there are so many people that, that want to know a part of God, but they're not, when they start to search, when they start to know, then suddenly they start to realize, like, oh, this is maybe not our, what I bargained for. Uh, we, I had a friend here in the... I think it was those days, like part of the history department or something. And then he said, like, all the the elite ladies and men of, of the town, there was this craze in the snob community of the Cape to start to to um, to go and research. It wasn't in town, it was in Cape Town. To start to research your lineage because maybe you discover there's royalty in your lineage. And then all these people and especially some of the... You know, to drive up there and they'll start to do the research. And then suddenly they'll find somewhere in the history line somebody that they didn't like. They were a Van der Merwe, but they don't like the LaRousse. And so they're, ooh, my gonna. And then suddenly those ladies just disappear, you know. Because <laughs> they, they don't like now suddenly, ooh, I, you know, I'm, I'm not this. And especially not if there's like been a racial mixture somewhere. Then everybody's like upset and then they just drive off. But it's it's... It's so amazing when you when you find the truth, when you find the light, it, it causes you to step up in an obedience to God when you find who He is. And so Jesus was even tempted by the devil. And he says, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And you may think like this doesn't fit in, but where it fits in is that when you find God, when you find the life and the light, what begins to happen is God defines you. Sonship defines you. Your relationship with God defines you, not what you know about Him. And there's a lot of people that know a lot about God. And especially in the charismatic church, we know a lot about God, experiencing God, but we're afraid to go and know who God really is. Because when you're going to go there, you're going to need to be very teachable. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. So what do you live by and what are you defined by? That's a question we can ask by Facebook, Instagram, or the Christian YouTube videos that you watch. The opinion of men, the social, the spiritual events. Acceptance, your next breakthrough, your, oh, the Lord is going to provide for you. Maybe you defined or live by fear. May you in this year, and may I say, God, I want to know you. That's what defines me. I want to want to know what that means. <laughs> I want to I want to walk into a fullness of the revelation of who Christ is, and it's not something you can do in the flesh. It comes through yieldedness. It comes through a brokenness. It comes through a vulnerability. It comes through having a place where you come to your senses. Say, I need to come to my senses. <laughs> Okay, we're going to tell you now what that means. 
So, so we, we have an invitation where God says, come. I want to reveal myself to you, but, but it's not cheap. It's not instant. It's not drive-through. It's going to cost you something. It's not, it's not something like, here's the 10 steps to. <laughs> but there's a generation, it's amazing, that's beginning to see God. They're beginning to cry out to God. And the Holy Spirit is doing something in a lot of people's lives and saying, God, we yearn for you. We desire you. So let's go to a story that we all know in Luke chapter 15. It's in the context of the lost coin, the lost sheep. It's a story that we've read probably 20 times in our lives, but the story about the prodigal son. And so there are two reactions to wanting to know God or the Father. Two different sons, and we know the story. I'm not going to repeat all of it, but let's read it. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. Verse 11, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And so he divided them to his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Verse 17. But when he came to himself, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. For this is my son. He was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now the oldest son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. And so he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I've been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as the son of yours came, was devoured your livelihood with all it, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. The crazy part of the story doesn't tell us what happened to the second son. <laughs> we don't know if the second son actually ever came in. We know what happened to the first son. But the result or the outcome of the second son is not mentioned. All we know that the second son was angry. The second son was the religious son. The second son was there in the house, but he never had access to the father's heart. And so it's a contrast between maybe you can say the world, people out there just living like prodigals, or they've been in church and they go out and they just like waste their lives. They say, I want my inheritance. I want, I want to run. I want to... So, so the only difference between the two 
The only difference between the two is the one came to his senses and the other one did not. The challenge between the two stories is the one went off away from the father's house, but the other one was close to the father's house, but he was never intimate with the father. He never had the ability to draw near, never ask, never have this freedom to come. And it's a massive challenging story. I don't know if you've read it, but, but I think like, whoa, Lord. How many of the stuff that I sometimes do is just because of our religious culture? Just because of, hey, I know this is the right thing to do. Now, some of the stuff you must do because it's discipline. You have to sometimes just read the Bible, not because you like it, not because you get 30 revelations, but just because it's a disciplined thing to do. It's like eating. You have to eat healthy. You have to eat your vegetables. Oh, not a many amens there, okay? <laughs> because it's good for you. If you're going to eat junk, drive-through food, you're going to be sick after a week. So it's good to eat healthy. We don't like it. It's good to brush your teeth. Huh. It's good to shower. Huh, Jürgens? It's good to shower. I mean, it's it's just it's just it's just amazing. It's it's stuff that we do. Otherwise, you will not be an attraction to the opposite people or to your own family, or you will need to hide away because you can smell that person from a distance. Is this old song from a distance? You know, but some people play that because it's like. I must tell you the story. It just comes to mind. I don't know, but now I'm, you're interrupting me again. But so this one guy, this one day came, and he's this prophet, this amazing prophet, you know. And he comes, and he's got a word for me. He's going to prophesy. And so he starts, and he goes for it. After about 12 seconds or 8 seconds, I'm getting nauseous because this guy's breath is just like, oh. It just like smells like last week's food, you know? And so, so he prophesies that I'm just, I can't hear anything he's saying because this breath is just coming into my face. So now he's like prophesying in my face and I'm going like, oh, and he probably thinks like, wow, this is such an anointing, anointed prophecy. So I go, I go like, oh, your Lord, fresh breath. I look up to the mountains. Where shall my breath come from? You know? Uh, like, you know, and now he starts, he goes for it. And I think like, okay, crazy. I can't, I can't breathe properly. I, I don't even hear what he says. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go on my knees so that I get fresh breath from the bottom. So I go on my knees and I just like, Lord, help, you know. But now his underarms are not like smelling either. So, But now he thinks like, oh, the Holy Spirit is here. Things are happening. So he goes down and he prophesies down. And I'm just like, Lord, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to make like I... Just do like some charismatic people, just fall out, just like pass out, just do something, you know, because I'm like, like, and this guy goes for it. He's got, he thinks like, this is the most amazing prophecy. This is, I'm meeting in the Holy of Holies, all that stuff. I mean, I'm just like, oh Lord, please bless him and keep him far away from me, you know, but so, so I'm just telling that, why are you interrupting me? But with that story, so make sure when you come to church that you smell nice, okay? But um, now that there's some stuff you need to do, you need to boss. You need to wash your teeth. You need to like, you need to be in the right place, you know, because it's just a disciplined thing to do. So, so some people run away from discipline and they call it religion. 
Don't run away from discipline. So no, no, that's just religious because you tell me what to do. No, no, your parents tell you to brush your teeth because it's good for you. Otherwise, you have no teeth when you're 35. And you're like, eh, you know, and you stand there and you've got no teeth. It's just crazy. They're not doing it because they want to be nasty. They're doing it because that's the best for you to do. I mean, okay, so, so, so don't, don't fall into this thing and say, because some people overreact and say, no, no, no. I'm not going to be disciplined because then I'm religious. Now, there's a big difference between following Christ. It says, now faith, you know, without faith it is impossible to please God. And he who comes to God must diligently seek him. It's a constant seeking. It's not an event seeking. It's not a, oh, I'm going to go there because church happens there. And I'm going to run to that event. And if I watch this YouTube clip, then I'm going to. No, no, no. It's a constant yieldedness. And so this story over the ages contrasts these two groups of people, the one sort of with a great rebellion and the one just running off and saying, I want my inheritance, I want it now, and he asks. But he's got a boldness to ask. I think the first son was much better off than the second son. <laughs> After he came back, not, not before, as, as he ran away, you know. Because he got some things. He didn't just get a cough. He got a ring. He got a robe. He got shoes that he didn't get the first time. And that talks about spiritual things. The first time he just got a lot of money and a lot of stuff. The second time, through suffering, through coming to his senses, he saw. Scripture says there was a moment when he turned. Something made him so. Unfortunately for him, it was bad circumstances. (laughs) Some of us, we've gone through suffering. Don't run away from that suffering. It's good for you. Sometimes stuff will happen in your life that you pray for, but you have no answer. God doesn't answer you. Keep on holding on to God. Because it's good for you. That's not a modern day prosperity gospel. And sometimes God will allow suffering for you to grow up. Sometimes God will allow you to get offended. You'll not be the cause of wickedness, but he'll allow it to happen. So that you can taste what's in your heart. And let me get that straight. I get offended with church every week. I also get offended with a lot of you. Some people think the pastor never gets offended. I have to deal with a lot of offense. I want to leave the church. But unfortunately I don't have that luxury. Because I'm going to die if I'm outside of the will of God. It's crazy. And I think like, why the ox does he say that? For the English people, why the ox does he say that? Because I'm also human. And sometimes I think like, oh, you nasty person. And I also sometimes want to swear. Really. If I could, I would. If I was allowed to. God could blot out certain words, just like, Lord, if I, can I say this word? Can I? <laughs> but we're all human, and you're going to need to deal with certain stuff in relationship, and you're going to need to, and, and God is going to set you up, and that's why community is so important. That's why being in the Father's house is so important. Because <laughs> the problem with the son, he was there, but he wasn't there, the second son. 
The first one came to his senses and realized like, oh, now I've lost my sonship, but at least I can be a servant. <laughs> so let's start with serving. Maybe that's a good place to just start. Let me just start because then my heart will change because I realized I was never a servant. I wanted the benefits, but I didn't want the commitment. Isn't that what many people say? No, I don't want to marry you. I just want to stay with you and I want to sleep with you and I want to do all this like a stuff together. There's no way that relationship will last because you can't have the benefits of something without the commitment of serving. Because what happens, listen to me very carefully, that's what the world says. Sleep with this girl. Sleep with this guy. The moment when you do that, you've lost the mystery. You've lost the hiddenness. You've brought something out in the open without any serving, without any commitment, and there is no way that relationship will last. Because it's outside of covenant. Something beautiful that God has made in mystery, in, in hiddenness, in finding out, in searching, but in the confides of serving and commitment and in the house, building in the house, you want to go and do it outside of? You've just opened up the valley. You've got everything quickly, instantly. And then it's just lust because there, can no, there cannot be love if you sleep with somebody outside of marriage. Because you've broken the mystery of Christ. It's not a rule. It's just like simply, what do you what do you want? Do you want the richness? Do you want to live in that relationship? <laughs> Ooh, it's getting very, very quiet. Why is it? Is the angel shining the light or what is happening here? Okay. And so God's invitation is: Am I going to be angry like the second son? Son, because that's what he was angry when he saw. He thought like, okay, but I've done all the rules. I've done all the stuff. I've I've done his right. I've been around and I've done my duty. And now, Lord, it looks like you're unfair. Look at David and, and, and look at these other people. It seems like they just have a certain grace in their life. And the problem is in our hearts. The problem is the second son has lost the ability to search, to draw near. The ability to ask. The ability to walk into the Father and say, Father, can you give me a fatted calf? His perception of his father was probably completely wrong. So, so he just like, I need to slave it away. And so how many times with God do we become religious? How many times do we, do we get into a place where we just go through the motions, but we lose our wow. We lose our, sure, I'm discovering who God is and it's going to take me all of my life and all of eternity and it's wow and it's amazing. But see, completely opposite to that is, ooh, okay, but so, that's probably what you do when you spit, you spat like the spit spat. Okay, so, but um, <laughs> the opposite is like, get it, get it now. Don't, don't pay a price for it. Just, just go for it. The world says it's cheap, it's quick. Grab hold of it. You are entitled to it. You yourself. And the mystery is gone. The life is gone. And so you're in, in the house or you're in the world and you're out there. But I love this part. This one son just came to his senses. It's the only difference between the two. So not for one moment do you think, or I should think as Christians, that we're better than the world. The only difference between you and the world and an unsaved person out there is the fact that the Holy Spirit has allowed you to come to your senses. You've made it a choice to say, God, I want to see. Have you got that video? Is that little video working? Okay, let's, 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 let's play that. This is, now, now this is, I'm letting you into my world because I don't watch YouTube clips or any stuff, but there's one, I'm, there's one clip, type of clips that I love watching.
I just love it. And, I've, and I just sit there sometimes, but you're not allowed to tell anybody else, okay? This is just between the two of us. So I close the door, I sit there, and I play these clips. Sometimes they're one minute, sometimes they're two minutes. But it's these clips where people or babies, especially babies that has never heard they hear for the first time when somebody puts a hearing aid in them or the, or the glasses, people that have been colorblind. Then they, they have these, these fancy glasses, very expensive glasses that, that the people put on. And then it's like a gift and they surprise the person and then they go and then they put on these glasses and they've been colorblind all their life. And then suddenly they're like, wow. And then it's so overwhelmed. And then, then, I, then I get this moment where I think, like, the gift of being able to see. And I'm so thankful. And, I, and I'm not because I'm thinking they're worse off than me. Just because I'm thinking, like, wow. They could get the wow. Now, I've got a 30-second clip for you of, of, um, of a baby. They put hearing aids in this baby. Look, look at this reaction. Okay. So, so ladies, gear yourself for this. Guys, get with the program. Okay. First hearing aid with sound. Hello, darling. Hello, darling. There we go. Well, hello. Hello, darling. Hello. Oh, hello. 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 Hi. <laughs> now Hi. Let's have a clap. Make sure it's not too loud. Ready, Lachlan? See how he blinks a little bit. But he stops, so it's not too loud. And he's not blinking when we talk. Yeah, boy, darling. Yes. Hi. The reaction wasn't it? Yeah. When they stop like that, they're listening. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. What a nice smile. Now, everybody's going to watch these clips tonight when they go home, yeah? The baby never heard, but now they put hearing aids in there. It's like, whoa, sound, whoa, yeah? I know you don't enjoy it as much as I do, but I watch it over and over. So, but um, the point I'm trying to make is if every time you're going to draw close to God, there's this moments where he's going to reveal things to you. He's going to show things to you because he wants to. But God is not cheap. Now I want us to end off in this because um, we're going to spend some time just drawing close to God. Learning to do that because a lot of people don't know how to do that. We tell people, hey, spend time with God and most people just want to run away because there's so many noises. But listen to this in James 4 verse 5 and 7. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. It's almost like the, the, 
the tennis ball is in your court. God says, I've come to give you everything that pertains to life and godliness in Jesus. I've come, I've come to set myself out. And he says, but now I've also given you a tool. And that tool is the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's sometimes a massive battle between your flesh and your spirit. But scripture says it so beautifully that the Holy Spirit yearns inside of you jealously. And if, if you, it's a, it's a, it's a good jealousy. It's not like, a, oh, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to sort you out. It's like a, do you know that God is a jealous God and he, and he, and he's, is looking for your heart. I said this morning that God searches all hearts. Why, why would he search everything? Why would he search our hearts? Why would he, if he knows everything, what is he searching for? What is he looking for? He's looking for humble hearts. He's looking for hearts that will draw near to him, that are seeking him. And so, yeah, it says, but the scripture isn't, you shouldn't take it in vain. He says, but the Holy Spirit dwells in you. He yearns for something. He yearns jealously for that place where you reach out to God, that place where you draw near to him, that place, those moments when you just say, whoa, stop the bus. Let's, let's just go and spend time with him. And, and many times the Holy Spirit will tell you that, you know. Yesterday there was a, a, a play, it was a, a meeting or a event that I wanted to, to really go to, and the Holy Spirit said, it, no, 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 stop, cancel it. I want to show you something. And I thought, like, okay, maybe I can go just for 15 minutes, maybe just for 20 minutes. But then I said, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient. Everything inside of me says, go there. And I said, no, 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 okay, I'm not. Oh, it just ended up with like, wow. Lord, awesome, amazing, wonderful. But the Holy Spirit wants to grab hold of a generation that will seek Him. But you must know that God is jealous about your time, about your commitment, about your focus. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you. But we say that we are a charismatic church many times, but the Holy Spirit is not welcome he dwells inside of us, but he yearns. He yearns for those places where you just worship. And I'm speaking it prophetically. There's going to be times in this church this year, and there's going to be no sermon, no nothing, just for hours. We're going to lie before God. We're going to be still and know that He is God. There's going to be. I'm. I'm I'm, I'm speaking it a bit with a desire. So I'm not saying God says. I'm just saying God may it be like that. We, we don't worry about the time because, hey, no, those shofar, you know, those services are just too long, you know. Soccer, Manchester United, you know. Manchester divided, you know. <laughs> Chelsea, here we come, you know. I, I think like Manchester is going to play a lot of games for many decades to come. But do you yearn for God? And, and now he sort of gives us the key. He says, there's a grace. There's a grace for you to come to God. There's a grace and grace is an enablement to do it. Because some of you think like, no, this is too crazy. I don't like, you know, I don't, I don't even want to get close to God. I don't want to, I'm afraid of intimacy because I got hurt or stuff. But he says, the Holy Spirit wants to do it in your life. Just be vulnerable. Just be honest. Just be 
open. Just be humble. He says there's a grace. It's an enablement. He's going to enable you to do that. Because do you know what? Your search for God, you can't stir it up and say, oh, I'm not so hungry for God. You go around hungry for Jesus. Hungry, 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 hungry. That, that's not going to work. It's just the yieldedness for him. And it's so beautiful. He says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to them. Well, the proud says, I've arrived. I know everything. I've done that. Bought the t-shirt. I've been around. You know, I'm a leader in the church. Who are you? You're just three weeks in the Lord. How can you get a word for the Lord? But humble and teachable people take an opportunity to say, I want to learn. And I can learn through what you share. And I can learn by having a relationship with you. And I can, I can learn a lot of things. I'm just fulfilling a function. But the body of Christ is coming to its fullness. And he says, there's a grace. God gives a grace. He gives an enablement, but only for the humble. He says, the other group, the proud group, the second son group, I resist. Full of anger, full of offense, full of like, I've arrived. I know it. My doctrine is more important than your doctrine. More than, But anything that we put above relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is an idol. And that can be your doctrine. That can be your church. That can be anything. Spiritual things can be an idol in your life. And the religious son, the second son, proves it to us. Therefore, submit to God. Oh, when you say the word submission, everybody's like, oh, that's not a modern day word. You know, the Greek actually says, flow into the Lord. No, it says submit to God. Submit. There's an order. This is the way. And submission is beautiful. Can I get an amen from the ladies? I mean, it's beautiful. Submission isn't subjection, isn't control or manipulation. It's yieldedness because you know how much you love. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil. Because he's the proudful one. And he will make, and he will flee from you. He says there's going to be a spiritual authority out of that. A spiritual authority that you've not seen. He says, when you submit, when you understand this beauty of drawing to God, when you submit, when you draw near to Him, sure, the church is going to rise in authority. The demons are going to flee. The devil is going to run. But at the moment, the devil has got like a party with us. But humility is the key. Humility. Come humbly. Come humbly. So how do you draw near to God? Just practically. Well, firstly, just get all the noises Quiet all the noises. Take the phone, put off the phone. Close the door. Close the window. Get into a quiet time. Get into a quiet space. So get all the natural noises to be out, and then you get all the emotional noises to be out. And then you get, because what speaks to us is the noises of our circumstance, the noises of our past, the pressure of society, the stuff we need to do. And you need to learn to cast your cares upon Him. So that's why when we come to God, always come by thanksgiving. Always come just by worship. That's why we worship at the beginning of the service, not at the end of the service. Because we say, God, your priority, we've come to submit to you. We've come to lift you up. And that takes diligence. That takes a persistence. That takes an urgency in seeking him because, hey, he wants you to come. But you, it's your responsibility. Like Abraham was like, God wanted to cut covenant with Abraham, but Abraham had to chase the vultures away. Abraham actually falls asleep. It's a beautiful picture. He falls asleep in the middle of God wanting to cut covenant. And then in the middle of the ceremony, he wakes up because there's some vultures that wants to steal the offering, the sacrifice. <laughs> so Abraham goes like, hey, shoo, hey, hey, get away. 
God is not going to chase your vultures away. You must. And then Abram falls asleep again. And then God goes on. Walks a figure eight. Talks about covenant. God cut, cut, cuts covenant with himself. Beautiful picture. You can't do anything about it. But you must chase the vultures away. You must make sure those fears don't have access to your thoughts. You must renew your mind. You must come to that place of worship. And you must learn how to do that. And you must be accountable to other people and say, Hey guys, I'm struggling with this. I can't focus at all. My mind is all over the place. And let them lay hands on you. Let them like speak over you until your mind is in a place of peace with God and with your circumstance. And then you begin to just read the scriptures and you find the truth and say, Holy Spirit, yearn inside of me for God. Let me worship you, God. I don't know how to do this, but teach me. He's, he's going to teach you. It's amazing. It's not a 10-step program. How to get to know God. How to be in... It's just the moment when you come. It's like some of you, when you're in love, you don't, you don't phone your mom and say, Mom, give me the five best steps. Should I spend time with this person? Should I be there? Should I? Now, something draws you to that person. There's something that chemical imbalances in your head. The other day I was walking at a wedding venue and this, I was walking down the path and this one lady came walking up. She said, it's beautiful. And I realized these problems, good problems. Because we get, you're like, wow. It's those moments, those places with God. But the devil wants you to just be offended. He wants to set you up that you lose that wow. And scripture says, hey, I'm going to give grace to the humble. I'm going to give grace and ability for you to seek me, to find me. Now, before we're going to pray for people, we're going to find those chocolates. Go for it, go for it, go for it. If the chocolate is there, just like... Just like, go for it. There's a lot of open chairs around you. Just go for it. There's like <laughs> one chocolate. There's 10 chocolates. See, some of you are just sitting. You're not like, you're not going for anything. You're just like, oh, okay. Who's got a chocolate? Raise your hand if one chocolate, two chocolates. We, I've got eight to go. Three chocolates, four chocolates. Did you check those chairs there? Some of you are like, where's the like, whoa, five, six, we need another four. Where's the other chocolates? Okay. Oh, like, okay, all the people next to you share. Oh, sure. Yo. Can you get chocolates with my deal? I don't? I can't deal. I can't deal. Can you? But how can you your pockets so funny? What? Is it like a lacquer? Hmm? What is it? Like a cream. Mock up, mock up. Like a cream. Okay, okay, put it in there, put it in there. Oh, not the yellow pocket, okay, not the yellow pocket. Okay, okay, put it in there. Give him mama die on a pakkie. Sy sal het hou, sy sal het die eet. Hoe smaak dit? Lekker. Maar jy dan maar te vinnig eet, het jy gekou? Ja. Ja. So, hoeveel is daar nog? 
Bäuer. <lacht> Mach ich dir ein Backe Ete, okay? Ich habe eine Sugar Rass gekriegt. Wie die, was das Sugar Rass ist? Nee. <lacht> ja, Mama wird, was das Sugar Rass ist. You should have seen the face. I'm not going to share. <lacht> you know, but that's not how it's supposed to work. We should share. Okay, but um, the, the beauty of, the, of discovering, the beauty of of finding the beauty of, and it's, it's a simple exercise, but oh, like some of you just like went like crazy. Sure, it's, people, it's church, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, let, you know, just like find that chocolate. Some people just jumped over the chairs. and you know, I share also Astros. Tell me, your friend must to share, the church is great. Share with them low, okay? Thank you, Aiden. I want the band to come up. We're gonna we're gonna just take take some time and these. You need to there's a brother Lawrence that wrote a book. He says, Practice the presence of God. <laughs> you need to, to practice, you need to to learn how to get the cell phone off, get the environment still. And a lot of you are students, you haven't started yet, or if you know. Just every day, start with 20 minutes. Don't think of three hours, just start with 20 minutes. Say, God, you need to teach me. If you're struggling, go to your friends, go to your small group and say, lay hands on me, I, I, need, I need to get this right. Because there are some of us that are afraid of, of being vulnerable. We're, we're, we're afraid and we, we're in the Father's house, but we're not in the Father's house. Because that son stood outside. The father says, but you're with me all the time. <laughs> You've got access to me. Why didn't you just ask for the fatted calf? Why didn't you just, no, no, but I'd rather get angry because of that other one. I'd rather, I'd rather go back into my own comfort. I'd rather, rather be there in my safe space because I'm afraid of that vulnerability. But the amazing thing is, God will heal you. <laughs> God will bring you into a boldness where you understand who you are in Christ. And when he begins to speak his affirmation over you and, and his love over you and his acceptance, when he begins to show you that he is your sufficient one, he's all that you need, then you just want to know him more. And then the Holy Spirit starts to grab hold and sometimes the light shines and then you taste the life and then you say, I wanted more life. And then sometimes you're afraid because the light shines more and you think like, oh Lord, this spot in my life. And then God says, I'm not sin conscious. I'm not, it's not about the sin in your life. It's about the light. But you cannot separate the light and the life. And so God in this year is inviting us to light. Walk in the light. He says even in our accountability, confess. Bring, bring your confession into the light. Don't be fake with God and don't be fake with your friends. And I'm saying this now again, a statement, a prophetic statement of us as a church. We're not going to be afraid of our weaknesses. We're not going to be afraid of vulnerability. We're not going to look down to you if you've been a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter or if you've messed up and you have got a terrible story. We're not afraid of those stories. We rejoice when somebody has walked into the light. You see, too many people out there 
already struggling to come into a place like this because they will just feel judged. <laughs> they just want to run away from the light. And the bridge is going to be a group of people that are not ashamed to share of who Christ is, but also to be real. God is not calling us to be super Christians. God is not calling us to have everything together. But God is calling us to be in the house, in the Father's house. To put on your ring, to put on your robe, to put on the shoes. It's in the context of reaching the world out there. And the world is desperate. The world is desperate for somebody to tell them who Jesus is. And go and tell them. In two weeks time, and please pray, we need a couple of miracles. Normally it takes many weeks for the municipality to give clearance of a venue or an event of more than 5,000 people. And we said in 15 days, we trust in God to be there at the DF Kutzenberg Center. Many people are going to respond and say, God, we want to come. Because we're going to see that in the church when we have that weakness and that vulnerability before God and also before each other. So stop saying if somebody asks you like, hey, how's it going? Oh, so blessed. So amazing. And you quote five scriptures. Say, yo, guy, it's been tough. I've been going through a tough time. (laughs) I've messed up over the holidays. I've just like didn't spend time with God. I wasn't even interested. I went like a prodigal route. It was more important for me to lie on the beach and become a raisin. That's just a joke, yeah? Sometimes we feed the flesh, but you know that God is saying, come, will you come? I make all things new. So we're going we're gonna to sing a song of worship, and I'm going to invite all the people here that has had a bit of prodigal living in the last, maybe year, maybe last, like last month. Come into the Father's arms. Come into His heart. He's waiting for you. That father's been standing on that stoop for that prodigal son. And he's been looking. When is my son returning? When is my daughter returning? What an amazing place. And you've messed up, but that's fine. Come. The blood of Jesus is sufficient. So if you've been doing some prodigal living or you're just like really not, you're far from God. I'm going to ask you right now to stand up to come to the front no but that's too much pressure well if you in shame or stuff like that God doesn't do that God celebrates because it's an invitation to his life so if he's speaking to you I want you to come I want you to come and join me in front your life has been prodigal living you've been out of it you've been just so afraid of intimacy so afraid of being with him I want you to walk out what are the people going to think well, do you really care? Did they die for you on the cross? No. This is a celebration when people come. And God comes and He gives every person a ring, a robe. He says, I've been waiting for you. Because it's about Him. It's that place with Him. Some of you can, can stand on this side as well. We don't have too much space on that side. So come, just come to the front. Oh, but you're into shaming. This is a personal thing. No, it's not a personal thing. The father doesn't even run just alone out to fetch that son. He's right there when he meets the son and he puts on the robe. The Bible says immediately turns around with all the servants there. So I see like it's a picture of a massive group of people just like running to fetch the son. He says, servants, 
Servants, go and prepare the fatted calf back there at the, at the home. I always had this picture. It's just the father running out. No, it was the whole clan, the whole tribe. The father stood probably stood there and says, My son, come. All my servants, come. Let's go fetch this one. We've been waiting for so long. And that's why scripture says when one soul comes back to Christ, the whole of heaven stands still. All the angels, everybody rejoices. And we as the church are going to need to learn to rejoice when one soul comes to Christ. Stop being so fixed upon yourself and realize that we are here for the lost. We are here for the prodigals that need to come. We're going to see a lot of prodigals come back to God this year. And every one of them is precious. Everyone has got a destiny. Everyone. There's a ring and a robe and shoes for every one of them. And there's a fatted calf for the father. There will not be judgment. They will not be like, oh, you can't come here. You've spoiled your inheritance. You've been there. You've tried that. Oh, you've slept with too many people. That denies the Father heart of God. In those moments, I want if you're standing in front, just speak to Him. We don't need a song. We don't need a fancy prayer. We just need to surrender. We just need to come to that place where we say, Okay, God, I've messed up. I've wasted. The Holy Spirit is going to Make your senses alive. The moment when you repent. The moment when you turn back to Him. It's a massive step for many of us to come out. But that's the only way. It's called repentance. It's called that place where you confess. Say, God, I'm leaving behind the flesh. I'm leaving behind all that stuff of the past. So I'm going to pray a prayer with us. And I want all of us, the rest of us there at at the back, I want us to stand, nobody walking around. Nobody going out. Nobody going to the toilet. Now this is a holy moment. So we're going to just take a moment to turn back to God to allow the prodigals to come. And then we're going to allow the second sons for God's light to shine on just that place is where we don't where we don't allow God in. And he says, I want in, I want my light to shine. I, I want to be in that part of your life. No, but but it's all right, Lord. I'm I'm all fixed. I'm all in control. God says, uh uh-uh. uh. Will you humble yourself? Because all of us, we've got areas where we are broken, we're vulnerable, we we're so angry with God, we're so offended with things. He says, No, but I, I, I need to deal with this anger. And God says, But you're with me, come. Come. I'm inviting you. So I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want all of us to pray as if we're coming to God for the first time. Say, Lord Jesus, here's my life. I turn back to you. I cannot do it in myself. But tonight, I'm like that prodigal son. I've wasted things when I look in the natural. I've messed up. And yet you died on a cross for a sinner like me. Lord, take my life. Take my heart. I repent and turn back to you. I want to see you and know you as a perfect father and as a son and daughter of that perfect father. Please forgive me for the pride in my heart 
for trying to fix myself. Lord, I'm so afraid of being, being vulnerable. I'm afraid of surrendering because of hurt, because of my pain, because of my confusion. But I thank you that the cross speaks of your life, of your invitation, of a second chance. So I surrender to you, Jesus. I give you everything. Wash me clean by your blood. Thank you that tonight you renew your vows and I renew my vows to you. I thank you for the ring. I thank you for the robe. I thank you for the shoes on my feet. I will never be the same again. Take my life and use it for your glory. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask some small group leaders and zone leaders just to come in to pray with people in front. I'm going to talk to a lot of older sons and daughters here. I'm going to challenge you to do one thing. I want you, before you leave this place tonight, I want you to go to somebody that you trust or that you know. And I want you to be very honest with him about something that you're struggling with. And talk about the fancy things. Just say, I'm already struggling with this. Will you pray with me? And we're going we're gonna to minister to each other. We're going to pray for each other. Because it's only in that humility. There'll be no shame. Don't worry. It's amazing. Sometimes at the office when people come to see me and they talk about stuff, then they think like, I'm really going to be shocked. But I've heard everything, you know. But in those moments, I just look to the cross and I say, thank you for saving a sinner like me. And that same grace is there for anybody. There's a prostitute lady that has been with us in church for me, for many years, and she came out of this lifestyle, and she's now in the Cape Town show for Cape Town. And she's so loud. I just I just love her. Sylvia is her name. The other day, she calls me Papasias, you know, because I would usually just like sometimes I have to set in boundaries with her and just like really be strong with her because she had she had just no no. No understanding of real love, you know. That's so amazing. The other day she walked in the street and says, Papasias! She just screamed. She didn't care anything about what people think or what. And, and I just love it of people that have just been like outright sinners out there, you know. They're just like, hey, I've got grace. God has shown me. And then I just come running. She's got these high heels and she runs. I don't know how she does it on those high heels, you know. But it's those moments that you just say, Lord, wow, your grace can reach out to anybody. When I see those people sleeping on the streets or those people hanging over the bars or the people just messing up their lives, I say, God, nobody is too far for you. Nobody is at a place where you cannot reach them. Use us to reach them. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.